You're listening to Condensed, a podcast to help you decide if something is worth your time. So, the working office. Um, So, where did I start? So, I started my careers um, in 1998. It seems not that long ago, but it's, yeah, it's pretty far, pretty long time ago. So, I started in 1998, June of 1998. I had just, was almost ready to graduate high school. I had finished my compulsory education and had all plans to go to college to study um, travel and tourism because in my head I wanted to become the terminal manager at Heathrow Airport for British Airways. That was my goal and that was what I was going to achieve. And so um, I had registered at Stratford-upon-Avon College. I had been accepted to do the course and um, yeah, I was going to study foreign language as well at, at college and maybe at degree level. And uh, my parents went out one day shopping in Stratford-upon-Avon because um, I grew up not far from Stratford. And they came home and they said, look, we've seen this ad in a travel agent's window in Stratford and they're looking for an apprentice. And we thought it would be perfect for you. So we went in and we inquired and basically they said that they'll give you um, four qualifications. You get a level two and a level three in travel services, and then you get um, a qualification for um, customer service, but you get paid. So I was like, wait, someone's going to give me money, and I'm still going to get qualifications that I need. I could save myself, you know, kind of two to three years at college and get paid for the privilege. So we rang them up. Um, I was only 16 at the time. I had still a few more exams left um, and they called me up uh, sorry we rang them up and we arranged an interview so I, I went in for my interview and they told me the salary and in my head I'm like wow this is amazing in reality I'm like oh my goodness how did I live off that and um, I got the job and so I started uh, I finished my last exam on like June 16th, I think it was. Um, I think it was a Thursday. And I started work on the Monday. So I didn't have a, a break. I just wanted to get straight to work. Uh, unfortunately, I, well, unfortunately, I have kept that trait, um, which I'm quite proud of. So anyway, so I started working and I hated the first three months. Like it was truly terrible uh, because I was literally, I was the office junior. Um, my course didn't start until September time. So I was just in the office and all I would do all day was stack up brochure racks, um, with, you know, things like your Thompson Summer Sun catalogs and, uh, British Airways City Break brochures and make coffee for everybody. And I, I'm not going to lie. I hate it. I used to go home every day and I would basically cry because I hated my job and I felt that I was not part of the team, that I wasn't, um, I wasn't doing what I thought I would be doing, which was booking holidays for people. And although I knew that that would take time, at the same time, it didn't seem like it was ever going to happen. And my mum sat me down in in the dining room and she said, Erin, do you know what? You're going to have to just kind of suck it up. Just give it three months. Give it three months. See, if if you're still not happy in three months, you can always quit. 
and you can go to college. You've still got your place at college and, uh, you know, see how it goes. So I was like, okay, fine. So it got to, I managed to push through all the way through to September and things started to look up a little bit, but uh, mainly because they let me book National Express tickets. And then in the October, I made my first holiday reservation and it was a sharings coach trip for two elderly people down to Paynton. And I booked that holiday for those two people and they were so, so patient my goodness, but they could see how happy I was. And the only reason why I did it was because all my colleagues were busy and I didn't want these these people waiting any longer. And so I kind of sat them down and explained that I was training and, you know, you tell them everything that you're supposed to tell them. And I just kind of ran with it. And the elation <laughs> that I experienced when I made that reservation, uh, I just felt like I was just, oh, I was buzzing. I was like, yeah, this is it, man. This is what I wanted to do. This I wanted to make people happy by booking the holidays. And I feel like I'm a travel agent, finally. And uh, I did that for 10 years. Um, I worked my way through the company. And I um, finished um, my career there as a store manager. And I'd been a store manager at quite a few different places across the Midlands. And I left because there were there was no other career options for me. I'd pretty much gone as high as I could go, and I don't regret that. I I loved my time uh, with that firm. It was plenty of job satisfaction. I worked with absolutely brilliant people, and I learned lots of things. And obviously the perks were that, you know, you used to get a free holiday or two every year and used to go abroad for work as well, which is quite nice, usually at least twice a year. And um, yeah, I had a great time, but I got to a point where I was like, okay, my, my time here is done. I feel like 10 years service is a good amount of time. So I handed my notice in and I started then a career in the um, fitness and leisure industry. And I know you've heard me speak about this before. And so I worked for Fitness First and I started off as you know, at the bottom of the food chain again. So I started as a membership consultant. Um, you know, that I'm the, the annoying person that you would speak to because you applied for a guest pass online or one of your friends said, oh yeah, this person would be really interested in, um, in coming down to try the gym for free. And I would be the person that would call you like, yeah, let's set that free guest pass up for you. And then hopefully you would join and and all of those things. And so I did that. And then I had a very, I was in a very fortunate position that I had a manager who looked at me and heard me and saw how I worked. And he said, you're in the wrong position. Um, you need to be our member services manager. So I was like, oh, okay. A position came up for that. And so I then became a member services manager after about a year and a half in the membership team. And I don't think I ever looked back. I worked for a great firm, Fitness First. They went through a big transition, um, a lot of rebranding. And I had managers that I had truly terrible managers. And I had truly brilliant managers that helped me excel, that allowed me to do further, uh, yeah, further education. So I became a fitness instructor because one of them said, I don't understand uh, why you work in a gym and you don't teach classes. And I was like, well, no one ever gave me the opportunity. So, well, let's let's give you the opportunity. So I qualified as a fitness instructor. My first class was a legs, bums, and tums class. And I felt completely inadequate. 
um, to teach that class, but I, I did it. It was a, to cover somebody else because they had a back problem and they said, I, I can't teach that class. Can you do it for me? Or do, you know, should I cancel it? And I was like, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. So I kind of made this class up the morning that I was due into work and I taught my class. And again, that great feeling of, oh my goodness, I'm actually putting the skills that I've learned into good use. So after that, I became uh, qualified as a personal trainer. So that allowed me to deliver one-on-one sessions, uh, be able to write fitness plans for people. And again, I love doing that. And although it wasn't my primary job, my primary job was to look after my gym members, welcome new members, and to make sure that uh, everything ran fairly smoothly. Obviously, everything went through my general manager, but, you know, making sure that the housekeeping team were... um, you know, being clued up on things that we had changing or, you know, when stock control, you, you know, all it was more of someone described it in the city. So it's basically more of an operations manager. So I was like, yeah, basically I'm operations manager. I used to look after the front of house team, make sure that people were in on shift uh, when they needed to be, that maintenance was carried out on the building itself um, rather than the gym equipment. That's what we had a, another manager for. So I left, well, I didn't leave that job. I guess I did. I was actually made redundant after nine years, almost 10 years of working there. And um, that was a political thing. It wasn't that the company was failing. Uh, we, unfortunately, the building we were in was sold to another company. And basically, they were like, yeah, we're turning it into something else. And it's not a gym. So we were like, oh, okay. So we we all got made redundant. And so then I was left with this, what am I going to do? Um, I only had two careers over the last 19 years. I'm now thrust into the non-working world. And I didn't know where to go. So I had to ask myself a couple of questions. So first of all, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to take three months off work. Uh, I can afford to do that. And I lasted three weeks. I'd gone on holiday with my best mate, Neve, uh, to celebrate her birthday. We were in Spain and it was a great holiday. But I woke up on, uh, well, I, I finished work on the 31st of May and I woke up on the 21st of June. So it was exactly three weeks. And I just thought, oh my goodness, I'm so bored. Like I cannot go home to not have a job like the last two and a half weeks you know three weeks has been great I've really enjoyed it but I need to I need to start working I'm not built to not work or just to potter around the house so uh, I was in a fortunate position that one of my gym members had said if I ever needed a job I could go to her and she worked in a pharmacy and it was just a job working on the counter. It wasn't particularly exciting, uh, but if I needed to, that's where I could go. So, uh, as I've said before, I am sometimes particularly lazy in areas of my life. And so I thought, right, that's fine. I can go home and I know I can guarantee just walk into a job. She didn't even want to interview me. So I was like, fine. So I rang her up when I got back and I said, is that job still available? And she said, yeah, of course it's yours. Like, when can you come in and meet my boss so he can meet you? And I'll just tell him that you're getting the job so I said well I can you know I can pop in tomorrow so she's like fine so I popped in the next day chatted to the boss and they said when can you start and I got a couple of prior engagements made already so I said I can start in two weeks so they were like yep great so I started two weeks later and it was part-time which I was quite happy with because it was just three days a week and 
then it increased to full time, five days a week. And I found myself getting lost in where it was that I wanted to be. I Well, I knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to be working for Westmoreland's police as a police officer. Um, but given the constraint on budgets from my government, they weren't recruiting. So eventually when they opened up their recruitment, I applied. I never heard anything back. So I presumed that I just wasn't eligible or was not what they were looking for. So I then had to start again and thought, okay, well, what do I want in a career? And so I, I had to ask myself some questions. And so I thought, you know, the best thing to do would be to to ask you those questions. So one of the first questions I wanted to ask you was, um, first of all, where are you now? And, and how did you get there? Are you doing what you always wanted to do? Or are you thinking this is completely different? Um, are you happy in what you're doing? I think, was it John John Lennon? who, when he was a child at school, the teacher asked him, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, happy. And the teacher said, oh, I think you've misunderstood the question. And John Lennon replied with, I think you've misunderstood life. And I think it's a big myth when people say that when you're at work, you, you know, you, it's not about being happy. And over the last week or so, or actually the last couple of months, I've noticed that people have this, this, this fixation on it. it's all about the money. And uh, having spent 20 years in jobs that haven't been, they've, they've paid okay, but they've never been brilliant um, in their pay, um, I've generally always been happy with my careers. My filler jobs, maybe not so much, Um but generally with my careers, I've always been happy. And so the, the money's done what it needed to. But I would much rather be happy than get paid a lot more um, for the stress and the anxiety that it can cause. And because I, apparently I'm just not not that much about the money, if I'm completely honest. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm in a job that I enjoy and that I work for a company that I believe in and I've been very fortunate for the last two companies that I or my first two companies sorry that I have believed in them I've believed in the product I've believed in what I've been doing has been right and I like to think that I've done both of those careers with integrity so just ask yourself are you happy in your current job and not necessarily like well it pays it pays great so I'm willing to sacrifice my happiness or the happiness is you know, if you get paid a lot of money, that, that's brilliant. But does the money make you happy to be able to do the other things that you want to do? So, yeah. And the other question I would like to ask you, so the third question is, um, why are you there? What are you contributing to society, to the team, to the company? What are you contributing to your life that you get from work? Or the the job or the career that you're in. So I had to ask myself those questions. And I've, I've suddenly realized that I was particularly unhappy in uh, one of my jobs that I wasn't moving forward. I didn't see a career in it, in, in the pharmacy work. And I, I discovered and my sister pointed out that vibe was something that I really relied on uh, in, for a job. 
and I had certain things that I really enjoyed and I, I wasn't getting those from this job. So I kind of had a couple of months to think about this and then all of a sudden out of the blue, my dad said, look, I'm starting a, a building project and I need your help. Um, can you please come and help me? And I said, well, I am currently in a job at the moment. Um, and if I was to join you, it would only be temporary because I also don't see a career for myself, funnily enough, in the building trade. And it's – and he said, well, that's fine. I said, you know, I also have to give notice. And he said, well, I, I really need you in the next, like, 10 to 12 days because he was about to go on holiday and needed to do a handover. And so I was like, okay, right. So I kind of went back from my lunch break and told my boss, and I said, look, I need to leave at the on the 31st of May. So it had been 12 months um, since I had been made redundant. And um, I said, oh, you know, on the 1st of June, I have another job opportunity that I need to take. Um, this is me giving you my notice. And I, I don't think he was particularly happy. Um, and don't mean to blow my own trumpet, but I was pretty damn good at my job that I was doing there. And they knew that I wouldn't be stopping for long. They knew it was a filler job. But at the same time, I don't think they expected me to leave quite so quickly. And for a job that wasn't also going to be a career. So, uh, but I, you know, the pay in the building industry is actually pretty decent. So uh, I did my 12 days notice, 10 days notice, I left and I started working in the building industry uh, with my dad. And I learned lots of new skills along the way. I was working outside. It was also the summer. We had a brilliant summer. And I kind of, between doing that, I would also do temp work to stay in the corporate world and to stay on people's radars to, to make sure that I didn't stay out of like the real working world, if that makes sense. So... I did some temp work and then it kind of winter started to kick in and I don't know how many of you have actually worked outside in the winter. Uh, it's not brilliant. You know, I was uh, in my, up to my last two weeks of working there, I was working in minus six. So I was like, okay, I need to make sure that this uh, changes relatively soon. And also Erin, you can't keep doing this. Like you keep telling yourself you want a career. So I had applied for jobs online for a year maybe um, haphazardly but still not really got anywhere and so I thought you know what you and obviously working for my dad I had the flexibility that I could be able to take a day or two off to go for interviews and things like that so in the end I thought you know what doing this yourself is not working so I went to a recruitment agency and so I took a day off and yeah I didn't get paid for that day off um, so you know I kind of sacrificed a day's salary registered at a couple of agencies I think I managed to do two agencies in one day and they asked me what it was that I was looking for and I was like I, I have no idea what I'm looking for but I do know what kind of thing I'm looking for but I've learned some skills over the years so that are completely transferable but if I tell you what where I'm looking for maybe you can tell me what is on the market and point me in the right direction and a couple of them were like well it doesn't really work like that and I was like okay, but I didn't really have anything else to go off. So I was fortunate that I found one agency and a couple of them I'd actually made, met face-to-face. -face. Um, but this one agency that I actually got my current job through um, was actually over the phone only. And um, they rang me up, uh, sorry, I rang them up and I said, look, this is what I'm looking for in a company. This is what I'm looking for to get out of my job. And this is kind of when I want to work. And so 
I told them what it was that I was looking for out of the company. I, you know, I, obviously they looked at my CV and they said, well, you definitely believe in loyalty. I was like, heck yeah. I was like, if I'm working for the right company, you can expect me to stay there for upwards of 10 years. And I said, you know, I, I need something with a bit of vibe. I need a firm that I can trust and that can trust me. I need someone that's going to make me, uh, help me become upwardly mobile. I don't want to sit in the lower echelons of the company. I do want to progress through the company. And so they said, okay, you know, give us a couple of days. We'll see what we get. And uh, they found me a position that I could interview for, for uh, PricewaterhouseCooper, PwC which is a professional services company. And I went for the interview. Uh, they offered me the job, which I was really surprised at because I didn't really know what the job was. They give me the job title as a client account executive, but I didn't really know what that meant. And PwC, for obvious reasons, very secretive about who it is that they represent and certain information so I, I couldn't I could do a lot of bit of background about PwC but I couldn't do a lot of background on the job role itself so I was kind of really surprised that I had this job and then I was reading up a little bit more about PwC obviously I did my research into the firm before I went for my interview with them and um, the more and more I learn about them the more amazing they were I thought oh my goodness this this is the company that I should have been working for like 20 years ago because they do everything that I want to achieve and they are, you know, one of the big four. So there was room for movement. And my first week in, I have absolutely zero regrets in taking this job. The only problem is I am suffering from imposter syndrome because the more I learn about PwC, the more I'm wondering how it is that I actually got through this interview process and what it is that they see in me because I just feel completely out of my depth. Like I, I have no idea. And I spent my induction day in London, uh, waiting for someone to come and tap me on the shoulder and say to me, Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Sherwood, you're actually in the wrong room. Um, if you could just come with me at the next break, we'll actually show you where you should be. Because they're all talking about all these things that I do not understand. They're talking about, oh, well, you know, when you pick up your laptop on your mobile phone, oh, I can't speak. When you pick up your laptop and your mobile phone, um, you know, on your first day in the office, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I'm a nobody like in this this firm, like I should not be getting a laptop and a mobile phone. Like I just don't think it's necessary. Uh, for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at the lower rungs. I, I don't, maybe this is, most people in the room are, are getting all of this. I'm just, you know, they're just blanket statements. So I turn up for my first day on Tuesday and uh, they give you a tour of the office and they're like, oh, here's your, you know, contemplation room and here's all your free coffee machines and, you know, uh, yeah, subsidiary eating cafeteria um, that we have with Starbucks and Social Co and all of these things and breakout areas and, yeah, dress for the for what you're doing that day. So if you want to turn up in jeans and T-shirt or jeans and a hoodie for work today, that's fine. Obviously, if you're meeting clients um, or meetings with managers, then, yeah, you should be dressing a little bit smarter. And so I'm just, like, totally bewildered by this. Everyone is super chill. And everyone's super friendly. Not the, you know, also that is also something that's really important to me. Super friendly people. And um, they're telling you all about your employee benefits on the first day. But your first day, you don't even pay for your own lunch. You go out as a team. I was all there set paid for my lunch. And my team leader just looked at me. And she's like, you don't pay. I was like, pardon? No, it's fine. She's like, no, really, you don't pay. I was like, 
oh, oh, okay. So I'm like, right, okay, fine, no problem. Uh, I'm totally cool with that, that you don't pay for lunch on your first day of work. And then all of a sudden, I'm being given my own laptop, and they're like, yeah, just order your mobile phone. Um, choose between an iPhone 8 or an 8 Plus. I'm like, okay, never used an iPhone. I'm an Android user, so this will be interesting. And um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to start this new job. And I just, it's uncovering lots of things for me. I'm having to look at networking because I've never really been given the opportunity like I have with this current company with PwC to network as much. Uh, and it's definitely never been as encouraged. They are very open about, right, the people that you're sat with on your induction day, you won't be contacting them again between six to eight weeks, probably on a Google Hangout because you're all from different parts of the country. And I am part of so many different groups already, uh, groups with my team, groups with the um, role that I have. You have, it's actively promoted that you join different networking groups within the company so uh, as I was looking through employee benefits they have a networking Christian group so I thought well let's join that let's talk to the other Christians um, in the company that could be between the UK or Australia like it doesn't matter and talk about your faith in God and maybe sometimes how that works with work or how it doesn't work with work and you know and things like that so I'm I'm excited for change and I need to embrace every single experience keep my head down look at what's going on make meaningful connections with people because if there's one thing that I've learned uh, and if you are looking to make your way through I hate using the word hierarchy, but effectively that's what it is. If you're looking to make your way through the hierarchy of the business world, you have to make connections with people. You have to make sure that people know who you are. Networking has become something that I've become very aware of over the last week. And that is probably something we will be discussing over the next um, month of ways that you can make yourself upwardly mobile. If your company doesn't promote networking as much as as other companies then you know listen out for some future podcasts throughout february that can maybe help with your upward mobility within the company or how to make sure that you're still happy at work and maybe you need to start your own social club to make sure that you still enjoy work because i guess to round up at the end of this podcast, I want to make sure that everybody, I mean, I know it's only been three days, but uh, for me, I want to make sure that everybody is having the experience that I'm having, not necessarily for the company that I'm working with, but you get as much out of your job as you possibly can. And that's not to say you bleed the company drive every single company benefit, but that you enjoy it, that you help others enjoy it, and that you can add meaningful content to those around you that people can be uplifted uh, if you're unhappy in your job and you're thinking I'm never going to be happy in this job or this career we're going to look at uh, how it is that we can that you can look at getting yourself into a career or a job that does suit you and where to look where to start how to amend your CV or your resume whether LinkedIn actually works, um, how to ask for feedback, how to receive feedback. That's a really, really big one. And, you know, maybe you've got something else. Like Erin and I, 
this is where I'm at. I don't know how to deal with it. Uh, I know people in HR uh, that I know would be happy to do an interview and hopefully we'll get some interviews in for you this month um, with some HR people that can point you in the right direction. So if you do have any questions about, you know, your legal rights or what you should do in certain situations with regards to your colleagues, send me a message. You know I'm up for those. I haven't had anybody to shout out this week. Um, so if you do want to shout out, I, you know, or remain anonymous, but be like, I know that that was the question that I asked. And yes, it's being answered. Let me know. I would love to hear from you. So have a think this week. Where are you now? How did you get there? Why are you there? And are you happy? And we'll catch up next week with another installment of Condensed specifically aimed at the workplace and things that can help support you in your working career. Have a great week. I will be enjoying my birthday weekend in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, look out for the grams. We're all about those grams. Um, for Insta, you can follow me on Instagram, Erin the Perrin. Uh, love a like. And obviously, sometimes I'll be a, a cheeky follow back as well. So catch you later. Have a great weekend and I'll speak to you in a week. Bye.